Hello, and welcome to HR Unplugged. In this episode, we're going to discuss building your HR strategy for the coming year. Specifically, we'll look at the importance of setting trackable goals that will lead to long-term success. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's dive in. So we're really excited to just dive right into this because this is gonna be a fun discussion. And as we wrapped up 2022, we talked about who you want to be as a leader. And if you missed that episode, go back and give it a listen. There are such incredible insights in that episode. So today we'll be talking about taking those learnings into your world and taking the next step, finding out what your strategy will be for 2023. So Anita, I know we've talked about goal setting before, but in this episode, especially as we head into a new year, we'd like to dive into this topic a bit more and get more granular with actions our audience can take when this episode wraps. So what are your initial thoughts about building and setting goals? I'm so grateful that we're talking about this. And I just, if you hear the word goal and you're like, why did I sign up for this podcast? Just stay with us for a minute. Um, because I'm not a fan of goals that are too generic and I'm not a fan of new year's resolutions actually. And we'll talk about that later, but I just really want us to think about something that's super easy for us to get our heads around. Because as we thought about at the end of 2022, who we want to be as a leader, let's think about where we're going to put those into play in 2023. But before we get all of this kicked off, I'm curious, where did y'all land with your 2022 goals? And I let's do a quick poll and see um, how you all felt like you did. And that will kind of guide us in our conversation today. So did you accomplish most of the things? You made some progress. Um, did you abandon a mid-year? Did you just fly by the seat of your pants and say, I'm just going to go with it and take it where I can get it and, and figure it out as I go? No wrong answers here. No wrong answers. We are in a no judgment zone always on this podcast. So let us know where you are and we'll we'll do one of our bamboo values lead from where you are and, and we'll figure it out for 2023. Yes, Vanessa's in Utah. Here's a heart just for you, Anita. I know, I've been <laughs> Vanessa taught me how to do hearts, but I like it when you put it on the plain background and then you can see it better. Yes. <laughs> All right, this is good. We've got a very accomplished group here. Most of you accomplished things, you made good progress and that's okay. We've got we've got some team that's, that's going with it. So that's okay too. Great. Get them all in here. I love these polls because they really are great at letting us know where everybody is at. And one of the things that Vanessa and I like to do is make sure that this conversation is completely tailored to our audience. So um, let us let us know what you think about this. It is really interesting to see the breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that building and setting goals is the most underrated project there is. Like if you can't articulate the focus of your business and the focus of your team, everyone will kind of be flying by the seat of their pants for the entire year. And trust me, I've I've run teams like this in years. Like it's it's okay. And what I really want you to do is if you take who you want to be as a leader and you translate that into actions 
the way we can do that to really create the progress we want to make in the year is through some type of goal setting. And I'd really like to hear what the Rumba objective checklist is, Kevin. Like, I haven't heard of that one, and I'm always curious about hearing about new tools that can help everybody. So um, I'd love to see a link on that, and then I can give you my thoughts in the Slack channel. So, and that's true. Like if you have a huge career change, if you have things like, it, honestly, if I have a lot of things going on personally, then my goals change professionally. Um, as you all know, my life is tied up in kind of one cornucopia. So, you know, I think it's important to kind of allocate goals around your whole life, not just your work life. But I think net net, what I'd love for you to orient yourself around is intention and the word intention. And are you able to be intentional with your time? Because one statistic here, as we did in preparation for this, is only 55% can of mid-level managers can name one of their top company's top five priorities. And only 40% of managers cite failure to align as a greatest single challenge they have to executing company strategy. And in our role, if you're an HR leader or a business leader, the biggest thing we can do is align a team member's performance with the company performance. So figuring out this holy grail of goal setting and performance, I think is something that's really key and pivotal to our long-term success as an organization. I think you're spot on with that fact that as leaders, one of our, our biggest jobs is to build and set goals. And articulating those goals is such a critical piece to the success of the business and the success of every employee at the company. So I'm curious, what would you say is the right way to set a goal? From a general perspective, what is the, the process you like to use? So, I mean, many of you know, I always have my little um, security blankets called a notebook. Um, it has Bamboo HR on it, or my favorite one that got most attention in 2022 was a gift that a fabulous person gave me. It's a get shit done notebook. Um, so whatever it is, I find if I write things down, not type them in, but if I write them down, I'm more successful at remembering and focusing and accomplishing. Um, you know, early on, I would create a vision board. And we talked about this in the last session. Um, so I think, yes, everybody does need a bamboo notebook. And I think if you either through pictures, because our brain is actually picture oriented. So I think if you can do pictures, you'll remember them. And then I write things down as I go through the day and go through the week. And I, I just want us to think about whatever works for you is what you should do. Um, I try new things all the time and I end up going back to writing them down. Well, Anita, I know that your opinions vary on goal setting uh, for personal goals and goal setting for the business. Can you walk us through your thoughts there? Yeah, I just, I know everybody's doing New Year's resolutions and sure, there's things I definitely want to do better. Like I want us to have dinner as a family three times a week, right? Um, and I feel like it's good to reset, but I'm not going to wait till January to reset. And we had a great conversation about this in our preparation for this call. You know, if you want to go do something, don't wait for time. There's never a good time. If you want to change something in your life, change it now um, and get really committed to it. And I think that's that's the big thing that Vanessa and I want to share today is, is don't wait, just start. Yeah, I, I love diving into that conversation with you about that because, because you're right. A lot of people wait till the January goals, the New Year's resolutions and 
you know, some people might say, what is that? You know, goals, what? <laughs> and, but sometimes we overcomplicate it where it's, you know, we have to almost trick our brain sometimes to think like we're the reason why new year's resolutions is such a big deal is because psychologically it's like, Hey, I'm leaving the past in the past. Everybody's starting over. But each day, each hour, each week, each month is you starting over. And so figuring out when that is for you to get re-triggered into, okay, I'm leaving the past behind me. I'm starting anew. I'm starting fresh and not overcomplicate it for yourself. And that's how you can move forward. Gosh, I just want you to say that again, because it was the greatest gift you gave me yesterday in prep. Vanessa is just reminding me that I can start over next hour right? I can start over tonight. I don't have to wait for the end of the year to figure out that I want to fix things. And I think all of us kind of adopting that mentality is, is such a great way to look at the world. And so, you know, I think talking about this, we can bring in um, something we've touched on in several episodes. And if you've listened to Vanessa and I before, you'll know that we orient most every analogy around food. And so one of the ways that you can think about how am I going to restart this and what are the kind of guide rails I want to put in place to restart today um, is something that we call the Oreo. We're working, if you have ideas on a more professional term that we can use for the Oreo, we would love to hear it in the chat. Um, but the idea is that it's two bookends of the things that we're really committed to on this podcast. One side of the cookie is the vision, mission, strategy of your organization. The other side of the cookie is performance of the organization. And what we do in the middle is HR leaders or any leader in an organization can run this. It isn't HR specific, is the process that you do. So your process, anything that you ship out during the year is tied to mission values, vision, and also to driving performance in the business. And that's just like a general drumbeat that we can continue to do and think about our desired outcomes relative to what we want to achieve in 2023. So, I mean, part of it is just getting really crystal clear on what your company strategy is. So most of your, um, thank you for that comment. I'm just really grateful um, that you're sharing that. So thank you. I want to make sure I pronounce your name properly, Mr. Daniels, but I appreciate what you're sharing here. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, and I hear you and we will find a new term. So let's do that. Um, so all of you hopefully are engaged in some type of operational planning right now. So you're thinking about what are your revenue targets? What are your expense targets? What are your customer goals? How much of new product are you going to sell? How much are you going to expand in your current product? How long are your customers stay with you? You know, these are all conversations that as HR leaders, you want to be in the middle of, because when you understand kind of the strategy of the business, that allows us to figure out these programs that are going to drive performance. So the process looks like this, that you can take away and action on uh, today or next hour after we get out of our, our webinar, but define our company level OKRs. OKR is objective and key result. It could be smart goal. It could be big rock, um, whatever the term is that you like. And then this is the piece that I noticed that, you know, our team is continually working on and all teams that I've worked on struggle with are what are the measures of those things? So, you know, specifically call out the revenue target, the expand target, all of those things so that you know whether you're winning or losing. And then you can put them into specific actions that you put into the business to drive forward. And you figure out, am I going to measure that daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly? 
Um, I love, I love smart goals too. Um, so that way we can all stay on track towards where, where we're going in this year. I love that. Cause then, you know, and it, and it trickles down, like it, it, it gets down into the teams. Cause at the top level, you're figuring out the, you know, like you said, the company level OKRs and um, the the KPIs, and then you've got to figure out from the top down, how is it going to trickle downwards and help everybody on the team where everybody's on board, everybody gets on it and creates their own goals. So let's kind of dive into this idea of creating goals that can improve, you know, team engagement. So connecting the mission, vision, and values of a company to specific actions and tasks really does impact the team performance. So walk us through like how it helps with the team engagement there. I really think that teams work better when they know if they're winning or losing. So, you know, the Super Bowl is coming up. I don't know how many of you are football fans. I'm not a huge football fan, but I do like a good game. So I'll pretty much watch any sport that's a good game. And I want to ask you all, would you be engaged in watching your favorite sport if there was no scoreboard? I'd probably, I don't think so. And so I don't know why in organizations we don't put up a scoreboard. And this is really where I want you to think about um, the progress that you're making there, because otherwise, you know, especially think about this statistic, only 51% of companies even attempt to develop aligned goals. So like you come into work and what are you supposed to do and what work matters most? One of the things I love to measure is, do I know what my job is and how it contributes to my mission? or the mission of the organization. And I know that when all team members can say, this is how my job impacts the mission, they are more engaged and they are more successful. So I think if you say, hey, we're going to go deliver this amazing product to our customer set, and this is how it's going to impact our customers. And we know that because we've been talking to our customers. So we want to get this new product into 95% of our customers' hands, and we want to see adoption of that product to 100% within 90 days. Like that gets people excited and that gets people really aligned to something that they can go make a difference in. So Vanessa, I just really am passionate about this and, and making sure that we know if we're making progress and does everybody on your team know what progress looks like for them? And through doing work, we gain, we generate engagement. There's just no other way around it. Yeah. And I, I love this conversation because it really does directly impact that performance. If you don't feel like you're impacting, you're not going to want to work hard for it. You're you're, it's kind of like that, uh, the canoe where then you have more people just kind of sitting there like, Hey, well, I'm along for the ride, but I don't really know how I'm supposed to row with this, with, right. the, with the current. And, and, and then you're just stuck. You're, you're hurting your own company by not pulling them along with you. And I think for the last three years, as we've gone through in-person to remote to hybrid, we still have a number of companies that are struggling with their mode of work. This matters more than ever than any other year before. Like execution has always been important in business, but when we have a distributed workforce and we have people challenged in ways they've never been challenged before in life, focus is a skill that we need to learn and practice and help our teams learn and practice. Because then we can make sure that people who are giving us ideas are giving ideas in the context for it matters to the goal. We can make sure that team members understood how their goals connect to the mission and they're more inspired. We know that leaders that have most in 
like effective contextualization around the goals are higher performers. Like all of this has come out in the studies, but we've struggled as an HR team to create it in the business. And I think we overcomplicate it. Like it can just really happen in a one-on-one like Vanessa, what does winning look like for you and your role this year? And how do you want to deliver on it? And then let's talk about that in every one-on-one and, and look at it every quarter and manage to it. And it can be really exciting. Yeah. Kind of gets you, gets you way more excited. And then you feel like your, your leadership team is with you along the, the, the ride. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So we'd love to see, I don't know if any of you want to put out your goals into the chat that you have for this year. It'd be fun to see your goals, or if you're working on something that you need this community's help on, we'd love to see what those things are. Like Vanessa, if you had a goal that you're most proud of or something that you really put out there and then you accomplished it. Like a goal that I've set and accomplished? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, wow, that's a good question. Cause there's so many, um, but I think, I mean, one of my goals was to, you know, really become a master of my craft as far as talent acquisition. I know I've kind of pivoted a little bit um, very recently, but um, I wanted to become a master of my craft and get certified in certain areas for the particular organization I was hiring for and, you know, met that goal. And it, and it helped me become more um, credible in, in my position with the people I worked with in, you know, the conversations I had. And so th- for me, I'm like talking about it, not humbly because I was so proud of myself for that. <laughs> and you should be, that's awesome. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it, it does feel very good when you set those big goals um, because it did directly affect my performance for the company and my role and how I made an impact in different times throughout the year. And so um, it's very, uh, it's very nice to have that. <laughs> And what was the community that you kind of relied on to make sure that you got the tools and trainings and certifications um, that you needed? Yeah. So for me, it was very much relying on my leader and other leaders. Like I even met with people within the organization I helped hire for and to get mentorship because the way and perspective that they see things in the business is completely different than what my own uh, managers saw things, uh, even my peers, you know, if there were some areas of weakness that I thought like, man, I really need to increase my knowledge on, you know, decline calls, for example, I want to see how other areas of the business do this. It was meeting with my peers because I can also learn from them. And so building out that portfolio of like, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, you know, that whole, I think it's the SWOT analysis, but doing it for yourself and then going from there and, and utilizing external resources, I like the free stuff. And so YouTube, uh, I used HubSpot.com um, because there's a lot of really good learning stuff that you can get there. Um, but yeah, those are the different routes that I took. And and I know that we're we're off here, but I think this is so fascinating. Was there ever a time that you felt like you couldn't do it anymore? Yes. The times that I thought I couldn't do it anymore was when the day-to-day became overwhelming and I was not prioritizing my own learning and development. Mm -hmm. I was allowing the day-to-day to suffocate my growth and not saying no. That was when I had, I had a mentor about a year and a half ago. And he told me, he said, you have to learn to say no, because you will not survive. Like you will not be able to grow in the pathway or where you want to be in five years from now. It, you're stopping yourself and you're, you're hurting yourself 
in, in so many different ways. And I think in HR, that happens a lot too, whether you're in town acquisition, HR, whatever you're under the umbrella, because there's so many aspects under that umbrella. Uh, we Sometimes we get caught up in not saying no and we hurt ourselves and it can hurt us mentally, physically, um, health-wise. It, it, you know, we have to think of ourselves yeah. and make sure we're prioritizing ourselves, but then also prioritize, prioritizing ourselves in a way of what is my self-growth? Where am I at? Am I self-aware of where I am today? And where do I want to be tomorrow? Mm. And if we're not constantly checking in with ourselves, nobody else is going to do that. And if we're constantly relying on other people to do that for us, we're not going to get anywhere in our careers. Like we have to be that person for ourselves. And especially with goal setting and growth, like we, we're, we are and have to be our own best cheerleaders. Yeah. Oh, I hope, I hope everybody who's on right now just really soaked in this beautiful goodness from Vanessa. What a gift you've given uh, our whole community today and sharing that so vulnerable and beautiful Vanessa, because you're right. Like no one's going to be like, uh, you know, have you done this for yourself today? Right. And so that's why I love what you're, I think one of the biggest things we can do about our goals is share it with other people, because then that lets other people ask us about it and become a support network for it. And those days where we feel like we don't want to prioritize it. Um, and then somebody's like, how are you doing on this? Then that, that can make a big difference is what I hear you saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was, there was one time that we as a team had accountability partners and for, yeah, for, uh, I think it was either a month or a quarter, we set up a goal for ourselves that we would meet with this one other person on. And it was kind of a, like a daily high five, like, Hey, how are you doing with this thing? Okay. You're good. Let's, let's get on. Like it's, it was just kind of your accountability check on something that you felt like you did want kind of that resource and the other pick me up to kind of keep you going. Yeah, that that's incredible. That's incredible. I love all the goals that are called out in the chat. There's a lot of really good ones. I'd love to spot like Jack Wilson's, um, who says, I'll give 50 gratitude cards to people who work honestly and are good at that. And so Jack, I'd love, I mean, everybody, I love everybody to look at Jack's because he speaks about what he's going to do and he puts a number by it. So immediately I know that if I ask Jack, like how many gratitude cards have you given? And he says, I'm 50% of the way there. I've given, you know, 25 cards of the 50 so far, like we know where he is in his scoreboard. So I'd encourage you as, as the rest of you put in these amazing um, amazing objectives. Cause that's really what they are. You're talking about a theme. Um, like I love Erica talks about the word of the year and experience, um, considering this word and everything that I'm working on. So how do you measure that? How do you put it into your work every day? Find talent. Um, that's a good one and a good measurable one. So is it number of hires? Is it number of retained hires? And then how do you create a positive company culture um, you know, so how do you want to measure that? It could be a simple Google sheet that says, I feel connected to the work. Like this is what I sent into my weekly message to the bamboo team this week is, do you know how your job contributes to the mission? And can you articulate it in a sentence? Um, you know, so that everybody's thinking about that all the time. And I can measure how, how connected everybody is to the mission on our HR team by asking that question. So, you know, improve company culture that could be through, I say, I'm proud to be at Bamboo. I believe I'll stay at Bamboo for the next two years. I feel like Bamboo invests in my development and I feel like I belong. 
So there's four kind of metrics that could be around improvement of company culture, you know, Tanner for your enhanced HR data data and analytics. It could be like, you're going to take a data and analytics course and apply it to a current project in the next 90 days. So lots, lots of good thing here. I just encourage everybody to tighten it up with the, with the measurable result plate. So, you know, you're winning. Yes. And, and I wanted to expound too, because I love uh, Erica Carroll's comment about experiences because the, the thought that immediately came to mind was sometimes we, we can go through things in the year. That's a complete failure. And it can just, and, and it hurts the goals that we've already set. And you feel like, oh, how can I even move forward from this? But I love, it's almost like, in Eric, I, I don't know if this is kind of what you're going for, but almost like a mindset of like, this is an experience that's going to get me to that goal. And it's okay. Like it's because all of us endure those different experiences. And as long as we're learning and growing from different things that happen throughout the year, and as long as we keep pushing forward to those, those measurable goals, like what Anita was talking about and having a great positive mindset and moving forward. Kind of, it, I think about meet, meet the Robinsons. I think I've said that, quoted that before, <laughs> but it's like, you fail. This is great. But that's kind of what experiences are too. It's like exactly like the learning and growth that we need to get to those uh, measurable outcomes that you're you're going for. Well, and like the only reason I could give you ideas on how to measure it is because I've measured so many of the wrong things. Like I've got to tell you, like school setting is is like we talked about at the beginning. It's underrated. I think it's one of the most difficult skill sets. Maybe just for me. Maybe I'm just slow to the party, Vanessa. But I have struggled the most on really writing a effective goals, because if you write the wrong goal, then you're off track for the entire year. So I'm really quick. Like I, if I set a goal and it's not working for the team or it's not being measured right, or it's not driving the right behavior, then I will switch it very quickly. So I think, you know, recognizing that you can set these things out there, but like Vanessa says, and I love this acronym for fail first attempt in learning, you can stop it at that point and figure out another path. And that's okay. That's what leadership is. Leadership isn't sticking to it because that's just what I said, even though it was the wrong way to go about it, right? It's being open when another bamboo value, being open to change and changing and getting on the track that you want to be on. Because it impacts when goal setting is done well, it's, you should see a lot of change inside your team, right? Uh, you should be moving things around that goal. It doesn't mean you set it and things stay the same forever. I love that you called that out because how many times do we get set on something that we've set, whether it's like a you know a project in the year or some initiative, and we're like, hey, well, this was my vision. This is what it's supposed to be. And this is my goal. But then we don't pivot because we're so focused on this one visual thing that we're not paying attention to the pivots along the way that we should make that can eventually make something even better if we're paying attention. Yeah, I love that because a common pitfall is you can go set out, you know, you've got your strategy, you've got your department objectives, you've got these key results. But if your incentives organizationally aren't tied to driving the key results, you're going to be off. And a lot of times we don't tie those two together as leaders. So I really want you to think about this. Like, are your goals, like, are your incentives driving the right behaviors around your goals? And have you thought about that as part of your goal setting process? 
Because like Vanessa, like you said, if you get into it and we're off track, there's a variety of reasons why we could be off track. It could be we haven't set the right goals. Um, we're not measuring them accurately. It's not driving the right behavior and our incentives aren't aligned. So make sure you you quantify the problem too as you go and reevaluate those. Exactly. And I think uh, really diagnosing the correct why from the very beginning is is going to help with not wasting so much time on the wrong pathway, like really diagnose from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's open it up for a couple of Q&A questions um, before we wrap up. I'm just going to start it off with a quick question. So if you've got any other any questions in the chat, I love how much engagement y'all have had in this chat. It's been so fun to see kind of some of the jokes that people have said along the way um, or the, the football fans upset about no scoreboard and all that stuff. I think it's hilarious. So you all are awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so if you have any other questions, go ahead and throw them into the chat for us. Or if we've missed it, go ahead and throw it in there. Um, but I wanted to, uh, to ask you, Anita, how do you, uh, can, can you walk through maybe some examples of company KPIs that we should make sure we're setting goals for in 2023? Yeah. I mean, I always want to know what is our revenue growth year over year? What are we going to manage expenses to? So I like a top line, bottom line set. I like a customer goal. So like an MPS or a CSAT or something like that. I always love a product release goal of like, what are we, what new product or service are we going to give or how are we going to improve a current product or service that we have based on customer research? So, I mean, I think all of those, all of those are great things that we can focus on. Um, you know, right now our theme for the year is mission focused. So everything we're doing at Bamboo is around helping our team members get a deeper connection to our mission. So it, it is those questions that I gave earlier of, you know, how do you feel like your role is connected to your mission? How do we help through every conversation, have people create a deeper relationship with our mission and values this year? I love that. And, and just to kind of bounce off of kind of what you're saying here too, is there's some some different comments that people have shared throughout this podcast of some really great uh, goals. Uh, so I'll just kind of read off a couple of them. New hire experience, find new ways for employees to connect, employee engagement, uh, develop employee retention plan, specific job descriptions, rolling out new hire training programs and building community company culture for workforce. Um, I love those things. And we had like a really good question come in the chat that I'm excited to ask you about, Anita, is how do we set up relationship goals? Um, this was Jack Wilson that asked this. Yeah, so I love this question, Jack. Um, I have two answers for you. So um, we all have that person at work that we don't want to work with. And when I've had that person, I set an intention about how I'm going to interact with this person. And this also ties, Mark, to your question about how you role model behaviors to support your values. So I keep um, my bamboo values here in my notebook all the time so that as I'm on calls and everything, I have them. And so one, one thing I would say is that with that person that I don't want to work with, um, one of my intentions is to make it count. And I know that when I interact with this person, my goal in my relationship is to make it count. And I'm really thoughtful about how I do that. Um, and I know that with this person in person is better or like on the phone or on Zoom is better than an email. 
And so if I have a tough question or a tough conversation, I'm going to make it count. And my intention is that they feel respect from me and that I'm also going to keep it light and funny because I know this person appreciates humor. And so those are kind of how I work some relationship goals into my conversations to still get the work done and align with the values. But I always keep my values cards front and center so that I can see them and think about them throughout the day and stay focused on behaviors that drive performance in my relationships. I kind of want to copy you on that and have like little cards on my desk. I should find my little uh, panda stickers with those too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very good idea. Very good idea. And then personally, cause I always love to give whole life, um, advice is, um, is that, uh, with our girls is that they always experience love from me. So even though I think slime is the worst invention on the planet and I, I loathe it, I understand that it's very important to their lives. So like, even though that we've lost carpet, we've lost rugs, We've lost clothing and um, lots of stuffed pets due to bad slime interactions. Um, what I've shared with them is, let me, you know, how did this happen again? And they immediately say, it's not my fault. And then I remind myself that they're supposed to experience love for me. And so I share, it's not, it's not who did it. It's who can we be if we care about our things? Do we care about these things? Do we care about our carpet? Do we do we want nice carpet? Do we want slime not in all of our things? Yes, yes, mommy, we do. Great. Then what do we need to do to create an agreement about how we interact with slime in our house? Right? This is actually also a bamboo value. And I love uh, lead from where you are, right? Where I am is I love slime. And so um, how do I lead from where they are and loving slime and, and showing love and also not destroying our house in the process? I wonder if these same tactics will work on my dog. It could. It could. <laughs> Everything's possible, Vanessa, I believe. I'll keep you, I'll try it out and keep you posted on if that works. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, we do have a, re a really interesting question from Heather. Uh, do you have more information on the job costing side? So she kind of gave some in-depth details here. So we have a pipeline business and everything has to be checked by the job number so that billing is done correctly. Sometimes guys will work four hours for one job and four hours for another. We need a way to document that so that it's or billed properly uh, without manually entering the information twice or at all. That's a great question, Heather, and I, I'm not sure that I understand enough about your business to speak about it accurately, but I'm guessing, you know, they're working out in the field, and I would think there's got to be a technology that could help you do this. Like, it would be even interesting. I mean, my first wild idea that I have is um, uh, it's called uh, Snapchat for old people. It's called Marco Polo, and as soon as I leave the job site, could I Marco Polo the office and say, hey, I just left job at this address or this job number. I spent three hours on it and now I'm spending an hour in transit to the next job. And like, is there a way that you could do it so you can do it while you're doing other things? You're not having to type it in. Um, it's going to a central source. Um, but I'm guessing there could be a technology that would help with this. Um, and I don't know if that's useful or not. So if you want to put more information in the chat, happy to give that another go if that was a swing and a miss. Well, here's another one too. And I think we've kind of talked about this one a little bit in a previous podcast. So it might be good to just kind of refresh and, and talk about this more too, is how do you make employees who are only virtual feel like a part of the team? Yeah, I love this one. And this is something that 
you know, we're always working on. And part of it is that you have to start every one-on-one very socially. How are you? What's going on in your world? What are the things that are on your mind? If you have some context around their hobbies and their personal life and what's going on in their world, make sure that you work that into the normal flow of things to feel connected. I mean, other things that we did, our theme in 2022 was connected. And so we actually built a lot of Slack channels. I'm a big fan of using Slack or whatever messaging connection software you use to do that um, in a way where you can have channels that say, like um, one of my favorite channels that we have is anxiety and peer support. And everybody that kind of works around these things posts what they're struggling with, what their resources are, where they would like help. And we get together and we talk about things that have to do with that. We have a yoga channel. So we share ideas about yoga and working out. We had a World Cup, a soccer World Cup channel um, where we all got together and we made our, our what, not bar graphs, what were they? Our brackets our brackets for who was going to win. And we interacted on Slack. So um, it can be work focused. It can be not work focused around things that people care about. And I think there's a lot of things like that that can drive connection. And um, the art is just staying engaged. Yes, pictures of pets. We also, you know, have a like a vacation channel. So people post where they went on holiday, which is awesome. I'm a big, um, I'm a big pet picture fan. So cute puppies and bunnies are the winners for me for sure. Yeah, we, we actually do have a, a Slack channel for um fur, furry pets or I can't remember what, what it's called, but I actually in my my Slack channel, I've categorized it because I figured out you can like categorize and like minimize a lot of things into it. So I have an entire category dedicated to interest channels. And I'm a part of like 50 different groups across Bamboo. And most of these people are people I would never interact with ever. And it's so fun because now I feel like I have all these friends. Yes, I'm a nerd and I am a part of the Dungeons and Dragons community. And I love hearing about all the latest as well as um, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings channel, Star Wars. And it's it's so much fun because you get to connect on so many different ways that uh, we, you know, you have so many similar things that you're interested in. And it's fun to connect with new people that way being virtual. I don't feel so alone like I did at the beginning of 2020. So, and yes, have the team members that are excited about those topics, start the channel. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it fun too, because it's organic and employee led, which makes it even more fun. Yeah, definitely. You know, another measure of this is every team member is involved in a channel with something that they're passionate about outside of work. Right. And so you can gauge that as part of that's a big part to the belonging piece, which I think is important, is that you have people that you can connect with where you share interests. And so it's a great way of creating connection and belonging and something that you can measure as well. Well, I want to hit on one other question, too, from from Mark Christensen. Uh, Mark said, please share more about how you are modeling behaviors to support your values. This is a big one. And so I believe our values have to be worked into every program. That's why it's one end of the bookend is strategy, mission, and values, and it drives performance. So like some of the things that you'll want to think about, um, I don't know, we're getting ready to go through, you know, merit market bonus payouts and those types of things. Um, And um, we're not going to do it for this year, but in other lives that I've had, you know, part of the bonus payout would be, um, you know, people's 
um, the way they live the values. I mean, the, the best way um, to create demonstration in the values is Taipei to values performance. There's there's can, There can be a lot of hang up in that. So that's probably a, a session all of, of itself. But if you have a culture that's really clear on what these values mean and how to use them, that's something that you could consider. I do believe that value should be a driver to results. So the closer I am and the better I am at executing these values, the more successful I'll be at executing on my results. So one of the things we are going to do this year is if we take lead from where you are, I want to create a list of what really great execution to this value looks like and what the counterfeit of this value looks like. Because when you get to an organization of a certain size, or even if you're a small organization, but remote or in the field, it's hard It's hard to do that. So values can get counterfeited really easily. And I think it's important to describe what the counterfeit looks like. And the best way to embed it is to then give coaching and say, hey, Vanessa, um, share with me what your intention was in that last meeting, because you left me with the experience that you weren't really engaged or, or present in the conversation, what was going on for you? Um, right. And that's where I'm wanting to really, you know, be open with how I'm experiencing her. Right. But I want to make it count and share with her the impact that I had with it. And then I want to help her go from good to great by helping her see something that maybe she couldn't see before. Um, but that's all in the conversation. And so, you know, a lot of times we want to um, you know, have these big programs. And I don't think it's programmatic. I think it's in the conversation. Yeah, and I, when when you were showing the values, I kept thinking in my mind, like, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one one last question before we wrap up, I want to make sure we hit on um, Joel's question. Um, so, when receiving feedback from ENPS, do other HR and people ops professionals hold the leaders in their companies responsible for actioning on items, or do you just present the info and walk away? So I want to just share like at Bamboo, we need to be better at this. This is something we're going to really work on in 2023. And in past lives, I think this is really important. Um, I want I want you to hear me when I share this with you, Joel. Um, you cannot hold people accountable. You can't. Um, companies are just made up of a series of agreements and commitments. But I cannot ask, I cannot hold Vanessa accountable. She can be inspired to the conversations that we have and choose to hold herself accountable because she's committed to that level of integrity um, and doing what she says she's going to do. But I, I actually can't make her do anything. So I just, I want us to start with that. So that's like my fundamental premise on EMPS. So EMPS, you know, the purpose of this is customer feedback from the employee, right? It's employee net promoter score for those of you um, that aren't familiar, the basic premise of MPS is that I would refer Bamboo as a great place to work or, you know, put your, your company in the blank. And so, um, and then you can give a lot of feedback around why or why not that score. Are you a promoter or are you a detractor of your company? And so if you have a culture that, um, you know, is going from good to great, then you would have leaders that would want to read that feedback and action on it. And so what we encourage leaders to do is to read it. And actually they get in it, right? As the survey's going, they read the comments all the way through. 
and they look for themes and they roll up the data and they say, hey, these are the one to two things that I could do that would really make a difference. And they work that into what they're working on currently. And then we have a new business partner team at Bamboo. I'm really excited about it. Vanessa is on our flagship business partner team, and I'm excited for her and her career growth journey here at Bamboo where Vanessa would partner with leaders and help them come up with ways that they can show what the data was and through action demonstrate change. Because that's the biggest challenge, Joel, with EMPS is that, you know, you get all this feedback and then you don't tie it into action. So one, yes, you should be getting feedback, EMPS or otherwise, all surveys are great surveys, as long as you take the data thank the team members for giving you the information, share with them what you're going to do, and then action back and show the progress. This is why it has to be measurable, right? Um, so like I got feedback um, in January from the team that my team didn't feel connected to me. They didn't feel like they knew me. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to do is every week I'm going to send a message out into our Slack channel to kind of share what's on my mind for the week. And then I kicked off something called Answers with Anita, then every Friday, I spend 15 minutes with in one-on-ones and I ask people to come and meet with me and talk to me and get to know me and I get to know them and what's important to them. And so every Friday, um, I, I work with the team to get to know them better and build a cadence for that. So those are the two things that I kind of put into action based on the feedback. And again, ENPS is Employee Net Promoter Score. Thank you. Thanks, Joel. Well, thank you so much for answering all those questions, Anita. That was a lot, but I feel like we got through so much content today. So thank you all so much for joining us. If you'd like to get the link to view this, this video on demand, please visit us at bamboohr.com slash HR Unplugged or join our Slack channel. Uh, new episodes are available on our website. And from now on, we will be posting the links in our community Slack channel as soon as they're live. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the series at bamboohr.com slash HR Unplugged and follow us on your favorite podcasting app. If you like this show, a subscription is the best way to let us know. Come hang out with me and Anita. If you have anything else you'd like to share with us, there will be a short survey after the webinar ends. If there's any questions we didn't get to or you want to interact and network with people in the community, just join our Slack channel and uh, we can help each other out there. Thanks, everybody. Have a super day. Thanks for joining us for HR Unplugged. This series is brought to you by Bambi HR. Visit us at bambuhr.com slash HR unplugged for video versions of the podcast, additional resources, and to learn more about how Bambi HR sets people free to do great work.